Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. 13 days until the Giants kick off the season against the Cowboys. The Giants stopped it in the left the home of New York Giants football. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Good morning, campers. Alan Jerry, don't worry, it's only an hour long and most days it doesn't suck. Oh, it's definitely not going to suck today. What's up? Happy Monday morning. You got Lepresti here. You got Fliegelman across the way. He and I are going to book in the week for you here on the warm-up show. Fliegel's will be in all week long, and he'll get the, uh, you just heard from Peter Schwartz there at the top of the hour update. He'll be along for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then I will slide back in on Friday. So a little bookend situation with Fliegelman here for the week leading into Labor Day. Geo's off. Jerry's here. Boomer's here for a couple of days. You get Beningo later in the week. So this is really that... Final week of all the moving parts, and as I like to call, next Tuesday after Labor Day, Radio New Year. Well, happy almost Radio New Year to you, CeeLo. Yeah, same and this to you. Is, this is a fun one for us, not with the baseball team. That part's been the downside, but we are now for weeks. We're yeah. anticipating, like you hear that uh, liner right before the show starts, 13 days till Giants-Cowboys, 14 days till Jets-Bills. We are as amped up for football as we have been in this town for a long, long time, definitely since I've worked here. Because I started in 2012 as an intern, then 2013. It's wow. been a rough slog for the football teams <laughs> in that time span. worked here. Wow, that is... I started you, right after a, the Giants won the last Super Bowl. That is a sobering statement you just made, but not inaccurate. I didn't. I not thought of it that way. Over a decade of just sludge, pretty much, for the two franchises. Well, and you remember it very well because at the time you were covering those wonderful New York oh, Jets teams. No question. No question. 2012, I was uh, 2011 and 2012. I kind of split the baby, as Dog likes to say, uh, with uh, Schwartz. So I spent some time out there, got to be around the Tebow Jets, and you had the Plaxico Burris, Ladanian Tomlinson toxicity, which didn't exactly go well. And then, yes, full-time on the beat starting in 13. Geno Smith's rookie year. I was along the way for the uh, broken jaw with Geno and IK. What else? Uh, Mike, the Michael Vick era, if you can even call it that. I mean, there was some bad stuff. Some bad GMs, some bad head coaches. <laughs> a lot of bad is the bottom line. That's, yeah, that's calling, the calling all those guys bad would have been a significant upgrade. Right. The bust of D. Milner. I think it's all coming back to me here. It's like PTSD. You know? Yeah, well, sorry, sorry to give you those flashbacks. No, no, it's okay. I mean, you lived through it in a much worse way than I did, but it's just... Uh, 
the things come back to you, you know, like going to jet camp with uh, Boomer and Geo a couple weeks ago, get a little flashbacks there in the media workroom, and many hours were spent there. That had to be such a different experience for you because the last time you were there, the team was, you know, as down in the dumps as it could be to then the optimism that I'm sure they felt that when you guys were there two weeks ago, it had to be like a complete 180. It was, and it was also different to to, uh, arrive and be the first human that was in the the area like i mean the the guys had arrived and set up the the tv set for boomer and geo to come on a little bit later but when i walked in there it was i don't know quarter to four and i was like it was like the the gif of travolta right from oh, uh, he's looking Fiction, around looking around where is everybody that was me pretty much did you go into the media room and try to visit your old cubicle see who they gave that i to? i mean it, we were we had to go inside because of the rain so we were right there we're basically one wall away and i did not get a cubicle i just got to sit at a desk sort of out in the common area i didn't make the cut for the cubicles the radio guys didn't get one other than uh, larry hardesty because he worked for the flagship station of the jets and that's how that worked yeah well, then, good no riddance, good riddance to those Jets teams of the 2013, 14, That's 15, right. and on for so many reasons, including for their treatment of Chris Lopresti. Oh, yeah. I took it very personally. And when I would have to uh, record my raps, I'd have to walk outside, out into the bushes, away from everybody, so I didn't disrupt the riders. So, you know, if the weather was poor. And it was you know, thinking back, I remember rain. that because cutting tape at the time, I remember sometimes getting the phone call from you in the newsroom. Hey, you know, let me know how this sounds. Yeah, I had to oh, yeah. do this by the... I, I remember that now with the weather. Yep. Or if the weather was bad, I had to come inside and find a spot where I couldn't be too loud and also not have an echo, and it was a whole situation. Right, raise these know? levels for me. I had to kind of whisper into, oh, the, yeah. into the mic. Yeah, these are the logistics that the listeners love to hear about. There's no doubt about it. Well, listen, I don't know if we want to do this right away, like because there are there's been a lot of buzz surrounding a a fan adjacent event from Friday. I don't know. Do we want to start there? Or do we, we probably want should to start do it now because I can tell you that Boomer will have zero interest in okay. talking about it. I, you know, there ended up being after a weekend of like no sports. There's maybe a bombshell report on Sunday night. How much you believe it? But on Friday, you and I were actually wait a second. What was this maybe bombshell report Sunday night? What did I miss last? Did you night? not read the show sheet I sent you? I did not yet. No. Do were you not on Twitter? I mean, I saw this right before I went to bed. What was and it? And I thought, oh, okay, maybe. Well, yeah, I did. The, I that the Mets are expected to trade Pete Alonso in the offseason. I did not. I mean, no. did you not hear C-Mac talking about I, it on the overnight? I've been busy, you know, getting ready for our show and doing the 880 reports, and I heard him talking about Alonso. I thought that was off of the uh, Rosenthal piece from last week where they no, said he so shot USA them to the USA Today Brewers. and Bob Nightingale. I was at SNY last night when I left it. Whatever time it was, this I, we were not uh, aware of that. I guess oh that's, well, this geez, this was way before because I was I was asleep long before you guys were doing sports night. No, this right, was, my guess would be then they probably didn't want to broach it since it's right. speculative. I, but, yeah. yeah, and again, now how how much do you you know get lay credence to it? That's fine, but it was not you know it shifted from we'll listen to offers to he said they are expected to trade Pete Alonso hmm. in the offseason. Now I'll say right off the bat, I still don't buy that. But, of course, you know, Mets fans are in a tough way right now. So, from the ones that I know, of course, you had I text, you know, there are conversations. Mets fans are panicking. You know, Big Zoo is one of them. We'll have him with us later in the week. He's panicking. I'm sure Joe, when he finds out about it, will be handling it very well. A lot of the Mets <laughs> fans melting down. It's just, listen, I get it. As bad as the season is, the reports of the the toxic clubhouse. Yeah, there's got to be something going on here. I'm sure there is. Mets fans are at the point where they say, I don't care. You can't trade Pete Alonso. He's too good. He's too important to this team. Mets fans are almost at the point that even if they found out that the other twi- 25 guys in the clubhouse couldn't stand Pete Alonso, they'd say to those guys, 
too bad. Get over it. Mets fans do not want to see this guy ever wearing another uniform. And, I mean, what we saw Saturday and then yesterday with Alonzo getting hit on the back of the head. Granted, yeah, no one's saying it was on purpose. It was a break. Yeah, it's an 86-mile-an-hour slider. But I think at this point you saw the frustrations boil over. It's just enough is enough for him. And you heard it if on the broadcast with Ron Darling, that kind of the exasperation of, you know, I, I know it's not on purpose. It's a breaking ball. I get it's not intentional. But at some point, it doesn't matter. Right. You're, and this guy, he leads the league in hit-by-pitches this year, Alonzo. He's been hit 17 times. There's never a response. Fans are sick of it, and the team has not responded. But you could tell by Pete's reaction in the moment that he is sick and tired. Of well, that's the thing. That's what's alarming to me. And I know it's not just Alonzo because as a team, they've been hit a ton over the last two years, and they've really not ever done anything about it, at least in an obvious way. And I understand Buck's not going to come out and say, oh, yeah, we're going to go drill someone tomorrow. I get that. That's not what we're talking about. But I think in in Alonzo's re- reaction in that moment, when you like think about it, Bryce Elder drilled him earlier in the week with a fastball basically in the ribs, and he, you know, okay, no problem, drop my bat, take my base. This seemed like it was the last straw, and you just wonder if it's all connected somehow because, yeah, I get it. The bench is kind of cleared, and guys kind of came out, but it's just there definitely seems to be some sort of disconnect there, and it's just hard. It's hard to unless this is a situation where what we get from Alonzo publicly is the complete opposite of who he is behind. And I have no way to substantiate that or no, but it's just mind boggling to me and head scratching what's gone on here with his name over the course of the last few weeks since the trade deadline passed. And they ultimately held on to him. What up y'all? It's your boy, Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I don't understand it. And, you know, I like I get, you know, I there have been whispers for a long time that there's something wrong in this clubhouse. Maybe yeah, there that could be are different beyond factions. Just Alonzo. Right. That speaks to me that there's a bigger problem. And now, you know, it's kind of getting focused just on Pete Alonzo. And I understand where most Mets fans are coming from, where, you know, they don't care if, if there's a problem, if somebody doesn't like Pete or if a bunch of guys don't like Pete, you know, unless it's Lindor. Because then you have an issue because Lindor is under contract for a very long time. And in that case, you almost say, listen, put those two guys in a room together and figure it out because Mets fans don't want to trade Pete Alonso. I understand why. And I'm almost at the point where I say, you know what? If there are guys who, whether they don't like Alonso or they don't like Lindor, whatever, and whatever's going on there overall, we'll probably never know. It could be a chicken or the egg situation. Um, is it the losing that brought on the toxicity? Or is it the toxicity that led to the losing earlier in the season? We'll almost definitely never know. But if there is a problem in that clubhouse of guys who don't like Pete or don't like Lindor, find out who those guys are. I don't care how talented they may be. I don't care what commitment you have to them. And ship them the hell out. Because here's all I know about Francisco Lindor and Pete Alonso is what we see every day. As quirky as Alonso might be. These are two guys who do everything they possibly can they play. to be as productive yeah. and play 162 games every season. So if there are any guys in that clubhouse that have a problem with the guy who wants to be out there every single inning of every single game and try to improve his own game to help the team win, you know, Lindor has the natural talent. You might not see it as much with him, but we've seen with Alonzo 
the progress he's made as a first baseman defensively since he first came up. However quirky he might be, whatever, maybe he's not the best leader, that's fine. He doesn't have to be. The way he busts his tail, those are the guys you build around. Yeah, and the defense part, I mean, because when he first came up, it was quickly, okay, well, he's going to be a DH. And he pushed back against that. And I'm, look, I'm not saying he's, you know, the greatest he's not defensive Keith baseman out there. Yeah, well, Don Mattingly, but sure. is he an but above he average hold, first baseman? Yeah, he, he holds his own over there. And that's that's been something that he's ascended to. That wasn't the case when he first arrived here. So, yeah, I don't, you know, and you bring up the possible Lindor Alonzo angle. There was also the Lindor McNeil angle. Like, it's just, you had the Scherzer Verlander thing. I mean, it just seems like there's a lot of these, you know, little riffs. Little, yeah. yeah. Well, Scherzer I, Verlander would make sense because we knew they didn't yeah, like each other back that. in their Tigers right, days. But I, I mean, if if that was so such a bad thing, and I understand money talks, right? If that was such a toxic situation for it to still be referenced all these years later and then be talked about again after both guys were traded away, what did Justin Verlander come and sign here for? Right, Outside or of the Matt money. Scherzer might have said something to Steve Cohen, who we knew he had a relationship right. with, hey— this guy's a real problem. That's where I tend to believe, at least from that area, it was the losing led to the problems. And they didn't have to be the best of friends in any yeah. clubhouse. Plus he's, 26 he's in, he's guys injured. are not going to be best buddies with each Verlander's other. Verlander's injured early. Right. You know, who knows how much he's around. I mean, I can't speak to that, but I'm sure that didn't exactly help matters. Scherzer's not the same pitcher. He deals with the suspension. So I think that's more the team losing led to, all right, now the whatever, they not might not be super close. It gets blown up a little bit. I think for the most part with this Mets team. And while we'll never know, my belief from watching them every day, it's the losing that led to all this reports of the toxicity and everything else. But at the end of the day for Mets fans, again, I don't think they're going to care. You trade Pete Alonso, you better get some kind of all-time haul. This is where the risk to me versus the reward, yeah. especially if you're a big market team and you have the money, and I understand that they may be very far apart on a contract, there has to be a way they can work something out, come to some kind of arrangement. Because if you're a big market team, I'm sorry, like with the Yankees, we talked about with Aaron Judge last winter. I'm not saying Pete is the player that Aaron Judge is, but they're both stars, superstars, Prolific whatever. Power hitters, and homegrown. Undeniably, yeah. the faces of those two franchises, yes. there is an inherent value in keeping them where they already are. Even if the body breaks down, even if they decline, there is something to say that the Mets. You know, they're about to retire next year. Dallas Strawberry, Doc Good, and those numbers. They don't have the history, maybe, and the prolific players of some other franchises. Pete Alonso is on track to, if he stays with the Mets, in two, three years, he's going to own every record that they have in the books. He's one of the very few great players that the Mets have had homegrown. I'm sorry, you can't trade him. If you do it, there's maybe a 1% chance it works out where you get two to three prospects that help you win down the road. It just, to me, you know, we saw Mookie Betts return to Fenway Park a couple days ago. And the reaction and looking back years later, a trade that we all knew at the time was idiotic from a Red Sox Yeah, that standpoint. one never really made sense. No. I, not that Pete is that caliber of player. He's a notch below. But I think from what the Mets are, it makes as little sense. You can't trade him. Even if there's talk, whatever it is, you have to figure out a way to make it work with him. You cannot deal him to another team, and he goes on to have 40 home run seasons in another uniform, and you're left holding probably nothing. Now, you referenced the report, which, again, I I see now. I guess it was earlier in the evening. Is it just the one outlet that's uh, reporting this without yes. naming names? Yeah. 
No, I, 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 I know, I know you Listen, said, we can name names. I've no, called them out on the station before. You already said and alluded to how, you know, I'm not sure I fully, but I would just say. This guy has been yeah. very wrong and, before and many times. And reading the wording of some of it, I mean, it seems like there's a lot of piecing together and speculation here. So I don't want to go, you know, running for the hills just yet. Um, I mean, look, where there's smoke, there's fire. And obviously we've seen a lot of smoke coming out of the deadline and everything that went on there, the Rosenthal report. Um, there's something going on. That much is clear. I don't know exactly what it is and what the end game is going to be or what the end result's going to be, but there's just too much. There's too much now between the deadline, the leaks, the him getting hit, the no response stuff. Now you got another outlet that's basically saying that this is going to go down. So you you know you can definitely start to connect the dots a little bit. But I'm with you. I I, I find it hard to believe unless there's some sort of like you said big time return package. But I mean. I don't know, man. He's a very good player, but like when we enter an offseason where, you know, Tani's a free agent, and I get he's compromised now with the arm, I just wonder. I just wonder how robust that market's actually going to be and if they could get anything close to what the Met fan would be satisfied with as far as a return for, like you said, arguably the face of the franchise. I think you hit on a big word there and the fan base being satisfied. Can you get reasonable or equal value, fair value for Pete, maybe even better than fair value because of what the market will be for hitters? I think yes. For the fan base to be satisfied, there would have, one, immediately it can never happen because you can't have that instant gratification people are looking for no, not in when current you're bringing times. When you're trading in, yeah. a star player away for prospects, you would have to win a World Series with those guys in the next two to three years. That's year. a lot and, of pressure. That's why I'm saying it is, it is almost impossible for the Mets to walk away from that deal as winners. And even if they give Alonzo a contract, maybe a little bit more than they want to pay him, and they have to worry about the body breaking down, you know, there is something to say about the ability to sell tickets next year, the ability to sell jerseys. I mean, if you trade Pete Alonzo for prospects, a lot of people, doesn't matter how good the deal is, what evaluators might, uh, you know, rank it as or how they grade it, you traded Pete Alonzo away, the team is not going to be very good next year. Fans don't care about the rest. Whatever Steve Cohen might think about a future plan, that could be all well and good. Maybe you could win him back if there's winning down the road. In the immediate term, it will not matter. Well, we saw Alonzo get hit again Saturday, and there was a lack of response. Well, you had some hit batters at the Trop yesterday, and it led to uh, some drama between the Yankees and the Rays. We'll dive into that coming up next, and then certainly want to get to the football locals towards the back end of the hour here. You've got Jerry and Boomer at the top of the hour, and Flelo. Here, doing a warm-up show on a Monday morning on The Fan.